It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Welcome in, Reno. You missed quite a discussion about finger biting and I don't know what else is going on. Darren Millard claims that it's not a Canadian thing to bite off people's fingers, but it is happening up there, apparently. Reno, not close enough to Canada, I don't think, to be affected by the finger biting craziness, uh, but that ha- that did happen reportedly at an Edmonton Oilers watch party last night outside the arena. That's not good. Golden Knights were good. We'll get into how they played last night uh, and so much more as we continue on this Tuesday. Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez in for Steve Cofield. Let's get to it. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big Four at Four. Number four. Willie Ramirez with quite a claim today. The Aces are the most beloved team in Vegas. I, well, when there's a question mark at the end of it, see what you're doing. You're, you're you've it's only taken one day, and you've already assumed the embellishment role of Steve Cofield. That's, that's what this chair is for. And um, yeah, he's usually on this okay. side, and he doesn't sit All down. Right. But but I it, it had ju- a let question me be more mark. More journalistically fair. Yeah. Willie, are the Aces the most beloved team in Vegas? <laughs> uh, right now. I think I think it goes from game to game. Like I think before last night, they might have been, and now it might be the Golden Knights. Well, I mean, could change every day. Adam, you live in Las Vegas long enough to know that yes, with this fan base, this sports fan base, it can change every day. The Aces haven't played in a while. Look, I hear they play Saturday. I don't, I don't. I don't think there's. I don't think it's even close. I think it's the Golden Knights by far, uh, which is crazy because I I, I can tell you. What people read and what people listen to and what people watch and it's Raiders, 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 and what Raiders, people Raiders. click. Yeah, Raiders, 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 Knights, Raiders, 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 Aces, Raiders, 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 Rebels. Like that's that's how it goes. Um, so I, I know you know I know what the and that's not necessarily beloved. That's interested in. Yeah. Uh, but like I guess you can make the case either you love the Aces or you don't care. It, that that would be that would be a fair assessment. I think I think that a lot of people haven't given it a chance and haven't been to a game and haven't seen the style of play and the intensity that these ladies play with. So I, I think that there may be sort of an, an ignorance to the excitement that's put on the hardwood when you go out there and watch them play, the competitiveness that you see, the trash talk that you see. We had Kelsey Plum on. Last week when we were at Opportunity Village, she said, if you if, if people hook, because Steve asked, you know, we saw trash talking sort of emerge in the NC2A tournament a lot with all the things that went down. What's it like? And she said, if people could actually, if we were mic'd up, they would be astonished. She said, Diana Taurasi is the biggest trash talker and the things that come out of her mouth. So, I mean, it's intense. But, yeah, it probably is. I mean, you got 18,000 plus going into T-Mobile. You got roughly 5,000 going into Mandalay. But I think if the more that people see, and I think that they're going to see that because they were last checked leading the WNBA with 5,200 season ticket holders going into this season. 
Um, they're number one in the WNBA with season ticket packages. So um, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how they respond to their championship. And of course, with targets on their back, we get a chance to see them for the first time Saturday in an exhibition game. Their only preseason game is against the New York Liberty, which is number two in a lot of the power rankings and at the sports books to win the WNBA title. Last last year, excuse me, I was gonna say last week, yesterday. We also talked WNBA, and we were very excited about the preseason game that Brittany Griner was playing in. How'd she do? Um, she did great. She watched it really well. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, I, uh, I I looked at the box score at the end of the game to uh, see how Essence Booker and Sam Thomas did, and it said not with the team. <laughs> so maybe they're waiting for a home game. Maybe they're waiting for the actual regular season home opener. Maybe she needs a little more time. Obviously, to get back in basketball shape, I don't know. Um, but if I was her, I wouldn't be flying anywhere. I wouldn't want to go through an airport. <laughs> right. That's serious. I'm, I'm like, get I'm me a trauma. bus. Yeah, I'll I want play a bus. home game. I'll play at home games yeah, yeah, and anything yeah, I can drive yeah. to. Yeah, I'm not going to New York. Who was anymore. it that did that? Was it Elena Deladon for a minute? She was only home yeah. game she was yeah. playing in. So, yeah. um, and and let's face it, there's there 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 are probably a lot of haters out there anyway. Where, you know. She's probably a little guy. I mean, she's been doing her her share of traveling. She's been she's been around. I, I believe she was at the uh, the recent uh, the recent extravaganza at the White House, and so she's been on a, on a little bit of a BG tour. But uh, anyway, she did not play. Um, decent showing from the locals, as I mentioned, um, Essence Booker, and. Sam Thomas. Sam Thomas hit a... Now, I couldn't watch... I was trying to stream it some way, shape, or form. Could not find it anywhere. Um, you're the master of finding that kind of stuff, sure. so I should have contacted you to find me a link. But um, she uh, apparently hit... Because they won 77-71 at Climate Pledge. And well, the, I, the Aces game, by the way, is also not on TV, right? I don't think so. I believe... I believe there's very, be, very few WNBA games that are on TV. Unless season. a local station's picking up, right. which I don't know if yeah. anyone's picking it up. I don't think there's any TV for the Aces. But I believe Sam Thomas, um, from my understanding, hit like a dagger three to sort of put the game away. She finished three of six from the field, two of four from three-point land, eight points in 14 minutes. Essence Booker, or excuse me, um, in 20 minutes. Essence Booker finished with five points. In 14 minutes, uh, both in the plus on the plus minus. So, the locals put in some productivity with the minutes wow. they played. You just cited a, a WNBA plus minus stat in a preseason game. That's it, a first. Yeah, for the show. Well, it's out always, there. It's always in, breaking new ground. It's in the official box score where we're bringing it up, and you can wager on it. So, uh, real quick before we get to the next one, Aces have waived guard Asia Shepard. Forward Courtney Range and the lone 2023 draft pick, Brittany Davis. Roster moves in full effect. Tough to make that team. Yeah. Number three. We got like five seconds to talk about my dubs. What a disaster last night. That wasn't good. Lonnie Walker crushed them. Jordan Poole doesn't even exist anymore. This sucks. Down 3 1. Uh, I am going to disagree. I, I think you feel the same way that almost everyone on Twitter feels about a topic that was brought up on ESPN today. I actually agree with what ESPN was asking. Uh, the question is, should the Lakers rest their starters in Game 5? The answer is 100% yes, they should. They won't. 
you feel that's silly, why? You agree with the question that needs to be asked, or you agree that they should do it? You they just absolutely answered should that. do it. No, I don't think that you. This is this is the conference semifinals. They have you don't do it up three one, knowing that yes, well, whether well, at least we know we're coming back to LA, only because the nucleus of that team in Draymond, Clay, Stephen Curry. And the fact that they have championship experience and playoff experience, you don't because t- because if there's a team that's in this in this tournament in this NBA tournament that can come back from a three win deficit, it's the Golden State Warriors. Sure, I think they very well could. Here's here's the and here's the issue. Uh, I believe that Game Six determines this series. They're not winning Game Five. Lakers are not winning Game Five, whether they play hard or not. They're not winning Game Seven, no matter what. They have to win Game Six. They have an aging roster. They have guys that are. They have some. They're mixing in some younger guys, but they've got guys that are, you know, prone to injury potentially. Why? I don't. If now, if you think you're going to win, fine. I think that's crazy. If you're not, if you're not going to win the game, which I don't think you are, why? Why would you put yourself at risk in there? Because you go up and lose, and Anthony Davis gets hurt. Now you're losing the series. You have to win Game Six. Put all of your chips in the basket to win Game Six. That's the way you play this. Rest? You mean not even play them? I would think. I mean, I would play them. A little bit here and there, but I certainly wouldn't. Okay, there's a difference then. Rest sure. your starters or limit time. Well, I, think that, I don't think I anybody's suggesting limit- sitting them for the whole game. Well, I think says, what they're saying is give them, not, we give don't them know maybe what they 20 minutes. Because what the tweet that we saw from our yesterday's guest, Arash Markazi, it just says, should Lakers look to rest starters in game five? When you look at that screenshot, it means don't play them. That's the message that's, that's yeah. sent with that graphic. I'd give them, I'd give them you know, maybe – 12, 13 minutes in the first half, see where you are at halftime. If you actually have a chance to win the game, okay. I don't think you will. I'm with that. I'm with I, that I think thought you shut process. Them, shut them down. I'm with that thought process. But you do not sit them and sit them, sit them. No, disagree. We'll see We'll see how they play it. Uh, I imagine that they're going to go all in to try to win, and they're going to fall short, and then be exhausted for game six, and then give the Warriors a chance. So I uh, hope that's what they do. I hope they go all in to try to win this game because it would be a bad mistake. And I do obviously hope that the Warriors come back from the 3-1 deficit. But – they're going to need better shot selection. They're going to need something out of Jordan Poole, who's not even playable right now. Uh, it's a mess. So we'll see how Game 5 plays out. But I do expect to see a Game 6. Number 2. Uh, real quick note. Gabriel Landeskog, a superstar for the Colorado Avalanche, has already been ruled out. And you say, well, they're already done, right? He's already been ruled out for the 2023-2024 season. He is going with a very extreme surgery. Uh, to try to replace all the cartilage in his knees. Uh, I have been reading up a little bit on this. I obviously know nothing about this. It's completely a mystery to me. But those who have been around, you know, operations and surgeries and sports and knee injuries, I see saying today, you can rule him out for next year if you want. He's done. Like, this is a career decision that you're moving on from. Now, I would have to imagine Landis Gog believes that he can get this done and be back after a year. But there is a chance his career is over, which is wild. He's 30 years old. Third procedure on the knee in roughly 14 months. That's what's scary. I had one procedure, and I still feel the sort of the side effects from it, even though it's fine. Um, and it wasn't nowhere near this. It was uh, trimming up the meniscus. But, you know, he his, his knee was sliced by a blade, and he lost cartilage. So, um, scary incident. Um, and that's what caused him to have surgery in the first place. But, you know, um, he, he's – and here's the thing. 
They have Nathan McKinnon, but Landis Cog is a key component to this roster and was to the championship. He is to them what Mark Stone is to the Golden Knights in terms of the, you know, if you look at the, the if you want to do comparisons, Stone and Eichel is Landis Cog and uh, McKinnon. McKinnon. The energy, the captain, him being gone is huge. And the Avalanche are going to have to figure it out. Number one. All right, we're going to roll this one over. Uh, just let you know right now what the story is. Last night after the game, Golden Knights end on ESPN, rolls over to SportsCenter. Uh, John Anderson's doing the highlight. He shows the goal from Zach Whitecloud, which, by the way, was the first goal by any defenseman in the postseason for the Golden Knights. A big, big moment. And he made a comment that went viral immediately. He has apologized. Zach Whitecloud has talked about it. We'll get into what the comment was, what the apology sounded like, what the process going forward is, and uh, and how it affected Zach Whitecloud, who is a very, very mature young man, but also uh, very, very proud of his heritage, which was you know, obviously demeaned in a way uh, yesterday. Uh, we'll talk about it from John Anderson's perspective, Zach Whitecloud's perspective, a whole lot to get into in terms of the fallout from this story, which may not be anything further, but... It has been quite a new cycle for the last, you know, 18 hours after this comment was made last night. And uh, Zach Whitecloud, obviously a big part of this uh, franchise, uh, a very important player, a big moment last night that is unfortunately soiled uh, for a long time by what happened after the game. And it certainly affected him. We'll hear from him. Uh, we'll hear from uh, ourselves about what we think of the situation and how this could have happened last night after the Golden Knights game on ESPN. Back here, Cofield and Company, Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez, with you, Hill and his homies edition of the program. Uh, Golden Knights on the ice last night were pretty flawless in terms of what they were able to do. Uh, thought defensively sound for sure. Uh, that was step one, stay out of the penalty box. Uh, step two, mission accomplished on both of those and then found a way to put some pucks in the net. They chased Stuart Skinner from the game. So they did enough offensively, they accomplished their goals defensively, they stayed out of the penalty box, and then had a goalie go down, which is something they've had to deal with all season long. They're, they've played like 11 goalies at this point, and so they've had to deal with playing different guys, and that maybe prepared them uh, for what they had to go through last night with Laurent Passois going down with an injury in the first period. Still no update on him waiting for MRI. I would have to imagine their thought is he probably is done uh, the way that the injury looked yesterday at least for the series, probably for the postseason, but that's complete speculation. What was your initial thought when you saw that? I thought he got hit in the head Oh, see, he was kind of down on his face. I thought, the way they kept showing, the angle that I kept watching, I thought it was his right knee because if you watch, it dips and it's a weird twist the way that it sort of goes. So it kind of, it's almost like, it could have just popped. Something could have popped. Whatever it may have been on the in the anterior, maybe. Well, when you that I think you're talking about when they show the replay. When they first show, when they was watching it live, it looked oh, like because yeah. there was so much scrambling in front, and then he just goes down face first, and you're like, oh, he got hit in the head. Oh maybe yeah, maybe he's yeah, knocked yeah. out or something right. along those lines. And then yeah, they showed the the replay. You're like, oh, it's a leg, and then it might be the right leg. Then it looked like the left leg, and then yeah. he couldn't put any weight on his left leg. Right. Uh, so I missed was, that part yeah. I mi completely when he was skating off because I was I'm sitting here typing, getting ready. You know, just taking notes as we're going for the Sporting Tribune. And then I looked up, and, and I even saw a couple people on Twitter 
It's like, yeah, it looked like, you know, the hip maybe. He was favoring the left side. I said, wow, I thought it was the right side. So I wasn't sure what, but it it 100% didn't look good just by the way he was being helped off the the yeah. ice and, and the fact that he went right back. I mean, even to step down, you know, when they come up into the bench and then there's a step down, um, all bad. And, man, for a guy like this, it, you just feel for him. You know, I just got done doing a piece, a big piece for the Sporting Tribune on him and how he's playing for his father who's dying. Um, and it's just uh, – and, and his father has been suffering from multiple sclerosis, so – he sort of was playing with his heart, you know, a lot, of, a lot of emotion too. And he's back in his native country in a town that he played for. First, for he, he won, obviously, a, a Western Hockey League title with the Edmonton Oil Kings. Yep. Back in town, getting his first real shot as a number one goaltender in the postseason. And then that happens. Aiden Hill comes in, takes over. He's great. And then after the game, the story kind of changes because right away it's, wow, the Golden Knights were unbelievable. They got that game. Now they've – you know, become a favorite in the series once again, uh, up to one with another game in Edmonton. If they win that one, the series, man, it looks like it's pretty much in their hands. If they lose it, they still have home ice advantage back. All of these good vibes coming out of how well they played and what they were able to accomplish. And then it all kind of changed because right away after the game, they went from uh, coverage of the game to Sports Center, and John Anderson was doing the highlight of the Golden Knights game, and this happened. 13 minutes to go, we're in the second. Zach Whitecloud. Kind of name is Whitecloud. Great Navy or toilet paper. His first goal of the playoffs as well is 3 1. Okay. <laughs> so, if you heard it there, what he said was, What kind of name is Whitecloud? Great name if you're a toilet paper. Okay. I mean, I don't think there's any. Ill intent. I don't think there's any, you know, animosity, anything like that. I think it's just a, a lack of preparation, a lack of understanding of who Zach Whitecloud is and what he means uh, to the First Nations community in Canada. Uh, the first uh, player from his, you know, tribe, from his reservation to make it to the NHL and the amount of community work he's done uh, back there on the, the reservation, it's 30 miles away. Uh, from Brandon, where a lot of you know Golden Knights players are from, obviously with the connections with Kelly McCrimmon there, um, thirty miles away is where the reservation is. A thousand people live there. He has done so much work of of you know trying to help people uh, escape you know extreme poverty and a lot of issues that exist on the reservation. So the White Cloud name very very meaningful to him. Uh, it's very you know meaningful. Uh, names are such an important part of the culture, and I don't think John Anderson understood any of that, which is the problem, obviously. Uh, but I don't think I don't think he understood what was happening or what he was talking about or what he was doing. And so I, I think there is context to everything. We talk about that all the time. What is the intent? What did you mean? And I don't think there was any negative feelings and any intent at all there. So I do think it's a different type of area, but you also have to understand the impact that it has. And when there is true harm done, which it does seem like there was in this case because of what this has, what this comment meant to the community and to Zach Whitecloud himself, that's where you do have to start saying, okay, this is not a quote-unquote cancel culture thing. This is a really painful thing that happened. And I think John Anderson, to his credit, pretty strong with his statement this morning. And what he said was, I messed up. That was on me. There's no excuses. I need to talk to him to let him know how sorry I am and how much I want to apologize and how uh, how much I understand what that did. And I think that's the right move. It wasn't some, 
oh, you guys always going after everybody. It was, look, this is on me. I made a mistake. And so that was the story this morning. Zach Whitecloud then was able to speak after practice. I know it was very emotional for him. He doesn't love talking about it. We've done a couple of profiles on him and some features on him and what his heritage means. But it's not necessarily what he wants to talk about all the time. Uh, so he was asked, and obviously he did address the situation after practice today. I'm proud of my culture. I'm proud of where I come from, where I was raised, who I was raised by. I carry my grandfather's last name, and I'm, nothing makes me more proud than to be able to do that. In our culture, we're raised to, to be the first ones to reach out and offer our help. Uh, so that's why I reached out to John this morning and wanted to make sure that he understood that, uh, that I understood that people make mistakes and, and uh he acknowledges that he's willing. He's moving forward, trying to move forward in the right direction and, and be better from it. And I think obviously it's something that we can all learn from and, and move forward. So very classy response, obviously from Zach. And you start to hear some emotion creeping in at the end. And I think you hear even more as he continued his answer. With that comes an opportunity to allow not just John and, and myself, but everyone to learn from this incident. To to move forward and, and make sure that these things don't don't happen again. Um, and, and I just want to make that point clear too. John, John recognizes that and he obviously, was, I believe he was sincere in his apology and I just wanted to reiterate to him that I was going to be the first person to reach out my hand and offer, uh, just to offer help because uh, people make mistakes, right? And, and uh, it's just a time for everyone to learn. So I think the first reaction to that when you hear it is it really sucks that Zach Whitecloud has to do this. It sucks. It's it's not fair to him to be in this situation. Um, I do like I. I also understand when you are when you're on the air live a lot, and you're trying to react and make humorous comments about things. Um, I'll say I'll just I'll say this. Earlier in the show, I was about to say something, and I said, well, wait. <laughs> Shouldn't do that. The problem for John Anderson is that he comes from a sports center era where they put a lot of prep time and preparation back in the days of Dan Patrick, Keith Olerman, Kenny Main, and, they, and the late, great Stuart Scott, right? These scripts with the fancy names, and when they do the top ten, and they – They'd have these humors, you know. I mean, one one of my favorite ones. I can't remember which one of those guys did it. Was like uh, from the from the seventies disco song. But like, if someone made a, a, a fantastic glove save in the net or at the wall, robbing home run, be like, uh, make a little glove. I'll get down tonight, you know. Yeah. From the from the song, they would do things like that and play off of names. And I think in this instance, like you said, it was an immediate high because it was right yeah. after the game. It yeah. was not a script. So it's not written. It's. Right. The game's over, show the highlight within seconds. And, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. But, again, I, I do think everything's about context, and I don't want to just destroy him. It was a, a bad mistake. It was, you know, not being, as you, as you mentioned, all the preparation. It's not being prepped, but it's also immediate. And sometimes you think about, you know, I, I, I was talking to, you know, some people that have done, you know, TV highlights in the past. And they said, like, sometimes you're you're going and you're like, hey, I should make something humorous about this. I should say something about this. And then in your mind, you're running through 18 million possibilities of like, oh, can I say that? Can I say that? Am I allowed to say this? Um, I get it. I understand that it, that's, a fr- that's a frustrating thing. But it also, you know, I, I while I do believe context is everything, 
I also understand that the person that's impacted directly, and in this case it's Zach Wycott and, and his community, if they are willing to forgive and if they, or if they have a problem with it, you have to understand where their problem's coming from. Right. It's the same thing as, look, the Washington Redskins name never offended me, but pe- but there are people that are, so I have to listen to them, and I want to listen to them and see why. Like that's, I think that's about understanding and growing. And in this case, like there are people that said, what if the, what if it wasn't native? What if he was just a regular white guy named White Cloud? Would it be funny then? Like maybe it's not. That's not the situation. That's not right. the context. There's here. no if. Yeah. It, 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 we, it, it, it is what it is. So people saying those types of things is ignorant because it's not that you yeah. know. So you you have to take it for what it's worth in terms of the the context. And also in this situation. And by the way. If you're, I know, I know this. I know people hate this. If you're a white guy and you're like, I don't care if somebody makes fun of my name, shut up. Right. Shut up. That, that's completely irrelevant. And again, I think the whole thing here is Zach Whitecloud doesn't deserve to be in this situation. He is. He handled it very well. Good for him. Very happy for him. Very proud of him that he did that. But he shouldn't have to. He should be worried about playing hockey right now. That's it. And that was unfortunate. That really sucked. Uh, but John Anderson, I think, issued a very good apology. I think. He was able to reach out and talk to Zach, which is very good. And hopefully, there are lessons learned. That's what Zach Whitecloud said. So let's all embrace that. Let's all learn a lesson from it. Yeah, kudos to Zach Whitecloud. He's always been a great guy since he got here, and the maturity level is on a level of 1 to 10, a 12. Back here, Cofield and Company, on this Tuesday. Just trying to respond to a text that I think you're on as well. Yes. So. Group texts are coming. The, the Raiders. It's never ending, as you said yesterday. <laughs> Time we look up. Did you just respond to this group text with an emoji? I did. That's good. All right, I sent mine. I feel like, I mean, I just don't think it's necessary. To what? To respond? This is this is an issue that I have. Okay, it's fine. It's, it's. Let's go. It's not, it's not you. It's a lot of people. I know. Let's go. I it's hear. the same as reply to alls. Which I have ranted about many, many times. If you are in a, if you're working in a corporate setting, and somebody sends out an email to 300 people, yeah. If you respond to everyone with nonsense, I hate you. I am now. This is different. It's a group text with only 10 people. A little different. I am big on on Twitter. When someone replies, like let's say. Ari sends out a, a thing, right? And then someone replies to the, and, and it's got yours, mine, every guest. If I hit reply, I go remove everybody. Just reply to them? Yes. To the person that, to the, to the listener or whomever chimed in, or let's say Darren Millard decides he's going to reply to a tweet that said that he was a guest, so on and so forth. I will just reply to him. I'm not going to reply to every single, so all of a sudden they're notified. Because then it, when the conversation's created, your notifications go nuts. Yeah, that's true, and and but I feel like I feel like in the in like emails. In the, oh, I'm with you. What I'm saying in the corporate setting, it's the same, the same as what you're suggesting. But okay, there's hey uh, Jimmy Smith, fake name, obviously. I'm just saying Jimmy Smith. Uh, his last day is going to be June 7th, and somebody's like, you know, somebody responds like, oh, okay, why, why, what possesses you to do that, or even. Hey, he'll be missed. Send that to him. Send that to Jimmy. To Jimmy. Not to me and everyone else. I don't need that nonsense. And it's and I'm telling you as some, 
uh, it, it, I know this is personal, but I think everybody goes through this. It's like 300 people, and now if there's two or three responses, now everyone right. feels, oh, I'm going to be looked at as the person that doesn't care about Jimmy. Yes. So now I'm going to send one too. Right. Nobody cares. Stop it. So did you reply to the person that sent us Yeah, because this I actually sent I – sent, I added information. If you're actually going to add something to it, because Protective. there's been a long-running thing. There's somebody that hasn't been included on these group texts in the past. And I was like, how did he get on this? And also somebody asked a question that I answered. Okay. So this was comical for us to all get a chuckle out of. Sure. Yes. That's adding something. Oh, well, the bot. But the, see, I care more about. In what your, was, okay. In, in your, the, uh, in your two reply. People, two people that responded, thank you. Not necessary. Your emoji, not necessary. No offense. I'd rather have the emoji than the thank you. No, so but you're, you, you're but, ahead of them. But your reply, I, 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 I like the first part rather than the second part. <laughs> yeah, both parts of it added something to the conversation. What I'm not singling you out because I said yours is better than the two people that just said thank you. Right. What is that adding to the conversation? Uh, do you like when in the season when we get these group texts and we get, get okay, send request, and then a buddy of ours from up north starts asking for 1980s players, 90s players. <laughs> that's, so, that's at least adding something. <laughs> That's adding something to the conversation. So yes, it's hey, who would who should we have available this week? And we start throwing out like Sebastian Janikowski, something. Okay, that's funny. Yeah. At least I can chuckle about it. That's something. Or if it's the char- if the Raiders are playing the Chargers, this person will put Dan Fouts. Yeah, Charlie Joyner. Give us Charlie Joyner. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, and that's a tradition. That's fine. My question is, hey everybody, this is going to be a press conference day. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What are you adding? We all got the message. We understand. We don't need to say thank you. Adam's fired up. I'll tell you the solution oh. right now. Oh, boy. You, you know about it's, it's for the phone and the email. There is a little thing you can click on a thumbs up. I do that when I'm when it's like a management thing that I kind of should be engaged. But with, does it but add? Does it does it say? No, but it's no, like no, it acknowledges with a thumbs up. It no. acknowledge, yes, it does. Yeah, it acknowledges I, I don't need that, that either. But it's it on acknowledges the I watched. It's not a message. It's actually on the message itself. So on the message, you you hold down the message, and then you have these options. I don't need any of it. It's Cofield and Company's eye on sports betting with Sammy P. It's our good friends, Sam Penyanovich, joining us. Sammy P on the program. Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez. Willie is just chilling right now. Got his feet up on the desk. He's good to go. Uh, Sam, how are you doing? I was going to say define chilling, and then you sort of did. Now, does Willie go Phil Knight, no shoes on, or, or how does he chill with the feet up? I got my coat shoes on, and they're up on the desk. Yeah, he's got co- wow. coat shoes on the desk with a, I believe, I can't see the label, I think he's got like an A and W cream soda, which I haven't seen since like 1984. It's a Dr Pepper and cream soda, zero sugar. I forgot it here a couple of weeks ago, and I just went in the kitchen. And I was like, "Hey, I think there's a soda in there." Hopefully, management is not listening. <laughs> They're fancy. Well, it's not open. They it's definitely open. didn't have that in 1984. No, that's true. That's very, it's very, very new. Uh, how, has the city of Boston recovered from the Bruins law shit? I don't think so. If you ask the average Bostonian, and I see most of them at work, well, not most of them, but I see mostly Bostonians at work, you know, Nesson is ran by Bostonians and mostly Bostonians work there. They're on to the Red Sox and Celtics, but you know that they're crushed. I mean, how do you win a president's trophy, have the best regular season of all time, and then lose in the first round to an eight seed? Granted, this eight seed isn't 
like most eight seeds, it was the president's trophy winner last year and, and got healthy at the right time. Sam Bennett got healthy. Duclair got healthy. Bobrovsky got healthy. And look no further than Florida being up 3 nothing on Toronto. All that said, though, that season in Boston's a failure. And I don't know how much you guys have talked about what Giannis said a couple of weeks ago about, you know, no things or failures if you all work together, blah, 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 blah. When you're the number one seed in a given season and you lose in the first round, that's unacceptable. And you can say what you want. You know, they played well. They all liked each other, all that jazz. But when you lose in the first round as a number one seed, it's a failure of a season. In Boston, at watch parties, when the teams lose, do they bite fingertips off? Not that I know of. Okay. We're just checking because this may, this may become a topic for the next couple of days only, with guests. Only in Edmonton. Only in Edmonton. We saw that happen fingers get time. Fingertips get bitten off at watch parties. Yeah. Absolutely. I didn't see that. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's Canada, Sam. We don't really care. It's just it's, those whoa, people are whoa, crazy up there. I think. It happens. Um we talked to you about Boston. We also talked to you about Chicago. Uh, one question about Chicago, obviously, getting the fixed lottery to get Connor Bedard. That's clear from last night. But also, what is a gym shoe? <laughs> That's where we're going here? Yes. So a gym shoe is a novelty sandwich, mostly on the south side of Chicago. And it combines ingredients that you don't usually see on a sandwich Oh. It's basically a hoagie roll, butterflied open, with roast beef, corned beef, gyro, and then the usuals, lettuce, tomato, mustard, cheese, onions, wow. hot pepper, jardinera, and they throw uh, tzatziki on it. So it's combination gyro slash roast beef, corned beef. It's phenomenal. So wait, is it, um, is it, it's a long, it's a, it sounds like it's a Long Island iced tea of sandwiches. Basically, yes. And when you eat it, you feel like you need to take a shower. But- <laughs> You know, it's we can live with that. Going. <laughs> Neither did Ari. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you eat that, you feel like it's, you know, it's about to just explode inside your body. But those are those sandwiches that, that you can eat, I don't know, like once every three months. Like when you eat that, say you eat it on a Saturday, you don't crave it on a Sunday. You know, you, huh. you need you need space in your life before you eat another gym shoe. Hmm. Fair, fair enough. Uh Connor Bedard fixed? I don't know, man. You know, it was funny because I, I didn't really think it was going to happen, and we talked about the odds on our show, and, and you know we do a daily betting show out here in Boston, and one of the segments on our show yesterday was, who should you bet to win the NHL draft lottery? And I jokingly said, well, we're gambling now. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea who's winning the freaking lottery. But – it came to me because I'm looking at the five teams on the board and, and all the odds and it's Anaheim, Columbus, San Jose, and I forget the fifth team along with Chicago. And I said to my co-host, all right, the league would be happiest if Connor Bedard went where? And Travis Thomas, my co-host who's from DC says Chicago. And I said, absolutely. Because when you think about the American markets for all sports, Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, Houston. I mean, those are your big drivers. Those are the most populated cities. Those are the big money makers in the big markets. And the NHL is better when Chicago is better. That goes without being said. So when we looked at the board, and I believe the Hawks were 13 to 2 to get the number one overall pick, I said, look, I don't know that the math lines up, but if I'm Gary Bettman, I want Connor Bedard to go to Chicago. 
because the Blackhawks had a great run with Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. Kane is no longer there. Taves has been basically jettisoned out of town. You need to get the new wave of Blackhawks hype. And who better than Connor Bedard, the best prospect since Connor McDavid, who better to put in Chicago than Connor Bedard? And it all made sense. I, I don't know that it was fixed, but I, I can promise you the league is better with Connor Bedard in Chicago than it is in Edmonton or, well, not Edmonton because Edmonton's in the playoffs, but who are the teams? Columbus, San Jose, Anaheim, and the fifth team was like Nashville or something. Like, you want to send them to a big market, right? You do, and you also, the you know, one of the things that with with ushering out the old era and in with the new, you also want to hope to start bringing new memories and, and, and bringing new hype around that because let's not forget that they're only, you know, what, a couple of years removed from – settling with a former player who says he was sexual assaulted. So that's a that's a historic franchise that just went through it off the ice as well. So you're right. They want a new face. They want a new era. And they want new success and new headlines for that uh, organization. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I, I feel horrible for what happened to Kyle Beach. And, and I, I think whoever turned the cheek to that and, and didn't pay attention to that, deserved what what happened you know like joel quenville gets blown out of florida like as the head coach like people that that were at fault have have paid for it so i i think it's time to collectively turn the page here it's horrible what happened but it's 2023 and that happened in what 2010 yeah. it's it's the Connor bedard era now sam we're we're good yeah. we're moving on it's over it's over at, at sp shoot you can follow him up on twitter check his stuff out i mean everywhere but nesson as you mentioned uh, the Chicken Dinner podcast still uh, still rolling along. Great stuff uh, from Sammy P. Everywhere, uh, horse racing was taking center stage this week. Was it? I mean, do we still care about this as a betting event? I think we care for about two minutes and fifteen seconds. <laughs> yeah. How much? And, I mean, you, you know, everybody. I was... asks, I'll just say this: everybody asks you about betting all the time. They're always talking to you about, oh, who's going to do this? Who's going to win this? How many people actually come up to you and say, like, oh, who's going to win the Derby? In the office, let's put it this way, people only ask me around the Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont. Sure. And I play I play more ponies than most. I've got a couple guys that, that work at Gulfstream uh, down around Pompano Beach in Fort Lauderdale that, that are really good at handicapping horses, and I've got the TVG account. I mean, I, I play from time to time, so I play more than your average bear. But the people that ask me Friday before the Derby won't ask me again until the Friday before the Preakness. <laughs> And then if they have any money left in their accounts, which most of most of them don't, will ask me again the Friday before the Belmont. I mean, it's it's three events, and that's what it comes down to. And you know, I was laughing because I'm watching the uh, the broadcast on NBC, and they basically ask twelve people who's going to win the race, and the only person that picked Mage was Dale Earnhardt Jr., who I know for a fact knows nothing about horse racing, <laughs> and and ironically enough. Dale Earnhardt Jr. interviewed one of the trainers for Mage. So, like, that's why he picked Mage. Sure. Like, he, he didn't do any homework. And that's really the point I was trying to get into on Twitter after the race. I'm like, well, I heard nobody that picked the race. Like, anybody with any credibility didn't pick Mage. And, you know, I had Forte going into the weekend. He got scratched. You had, what, three other horses get euthanized which changed the field. And, you know, I, I have no idea who's winning this horse race. You know, like nobody really does. We all act like we do. But the experts on television of the ones that cover the actual industry 
None of them picked the winner. That should tell you everything about gambling on horses. So you're not one of the 382 people that own mate. No, I'm not. I have a buddy who owns. Yeah, me he too. He owns 0.35%. Oh, we're talking about the same, the same guy. Same buddy, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he, he texted me and he goes, I own 0.35% of Mage. Yeah. And I I said, you're kidding, right? Like, how, like how does somebody own that little of something? And then my counter was, and maybe you had the same counter, like, why didn't you tell me I would have bet it? Yeah. Or I, I would have bought in too. Yeah, we need to buy a horse. I mean, there there are guys, me, you, humans. We'll cut Cofield out because he he's a mush. But there <laughs> there are guys in town that that in that would be that would love like Mitch Moss would love sure. to own a piece of a oh, horse. Can you imagine Mitch at the track with a horse that he owns? It'd be great. Could what do we, we name a, the horse? Sammy. What do we P, name it? Sammy P and Company. No, we would name <laughs> it. We would name it Jim Shoe. Yeah, I think Jim Shoe works. I like Ship Captain Crew. That's a dice game okay. from around where I grew up. You okay. guys know the game. Uh, no, but I'm willing to learn if we have a horse named that. It, so it's a dice game. You basically have to roll a three, a five, and a four. And then with the remaining dice, it's the highest combo. So it's five dice, and you get three rolls. And let's say, for example, Hill, you roll a six, five, four, and two sixes. You hit ship captain crew, you got the six, five, four, and then you have 12. And it's unlikely that what anybody beats 12. <laughs> no, it's not Yahtzee, Willie. It's ship captain crew. Get your feet <laughs> off the desk, would you? He did. He's he's okay, in ten. Right, we'll just get a horse named Yachty. I'm in. Ship Captain Crew is the name of the horse. Okay. And we're taking investments right now. I'm in. We're we're doing this for sure. At at SP Shoot up on Twitter. Uh he'll give you the investment opportunity, but not everyone. We don't want everybody getting in on this for sure. Um there's a lot of a lot of things right now going on with people getting caught making bets that shouldn't be making bets. I would make the argument, hey, this is what regulation does. We find these things out and we take care of it. But I think there are people starting to get very nervous about how widespread gambling is now and starting to second-guess it. I hope that doesn't happen. Are you concerned about kind of the future of the industry right now? No, I'm not at all. And you make a good point. We don't have enough time. I know you guys are up against it. But I actually talked to somebody for a story about this that's actually dropping on Sunday, which is the five-year anniversary of PASPA being struck down. For everybody that says, well, the, the influx of betting is the reason that college kids are gambling. College kids have been gambling for a hundred years. Like, give me a break. And and you're totally right because you and I talked to the same people. All those Vegas bookmakers have said that regulation stops scandals. Regulation stops this stuff from lasting longer. Like this Alabama coach, mm. without regulated gambling, he may have done this for five years yep. longer. Yep. But shady stuff gets caught by gaming boards, which gets reported. And then the red flags all turn back on the people who did the wrongdoing. And look, college kids are going to do what they're not supposed to do. I drank with a fake ID when I was 19. It's going to happen. But when you're a college athlete, you cannot be gambling on college sports. And if you break that rule, that's on you. That's not on legalized sports betting. You have to know what you're supposed to do. Where, uh, where can people check out your story that's coming up on Sunday? And what else should people look for? Uh, I believe it's on front office sports. I'll, I'll tweet that out on my Twitter at SP shoot. I, I just have one quick question sure. because I, somebody today on our show asked me this, how do the saints not go over nine and a half wins? And I said, well, they have Derek Carr. <laughs> and I thought that was a fair counter and we're going back and forth on this. You guys don't like Derek Carr to get the 10 plus this year. Do you? Uh, their schedule is very, very easy. Uh, I think it's the second easiest schedule based on projected win totals. 
But I also I would bet the under. There are some he people sucks. that are there are some people pulling for the Saints and the Broncos to get to the Super Bowl here in Las Vegas. Yeah, Sean Payton versus the Saints. It'd be great. Okay. Uh let's buy that horse. Get get the details up for us. Ship we'll two, Jack. What is it? <laughs> Ship, Ship Captain Crew. Captain Crew. Captain Crew. We're in. Follow him at SP Shoot. Check out his story on Sunday. Thanks. Thanks, sir.